0: Well, thank you, Jim, for sharing, and we love you, and we're so glad that you and your family are here today. You're not old enough to have grandchildren. How old are you? 48? He could be my brother. Well, you are my brother. (laughs) Well, we're glad that Pastor James could represent us in uh, Texas, Yeah, what's happening with these turkey turds? Why are you still here? Go away. We bless you and all that. You just going to sit there? What are you doing? We don't got a jar. We don't got nothing. This place falls apart, I'm telling you. Well, just the short people. Excuse me. Okay, yeah, you too, everybody else, go, I don't care, makes my job easy. Well, the, uh, the bulletin had already been printed this week before circumstances changed, so I looked at Pastor James's outline here and I got no idea what's going on. So I think he's going to save this one for next week. So let's all go home this week and take the outline and just fill it in as you think the message should go. And then next week we're gonna do we're gonna do tag team preaching, and you don't know who we're gonna call on, so be ready. We'll tap you in and out, and you'll have your point. And whoever gets to come to the Jesus musical, you better be ready with tap shoes and the whole deal, because it's gonna be beautiful. And if you got a kids' message, it has nothing to do with what I'm doing, and I don't got a key to candy, so you get jack from me. Don't give a rip. But I'm glad that you're here. And if you're a guest with us today, a special greeting. We're glad that you've chosen to spend part of this Advent season with us. So this is a time, a a season of memories. Well, of course, all of life is. But uh, things like the Advent candles or time with family, for many of us, they conjure up a lot of memories. Some of us will store memories in um, Maybe a photo album or a scrapbook, or maybe you collect whatever dolls or stuffed dogs or whatever. well, for me and my family, one of the way we keep track of memories are in Christmas ornaments, all of our travels and special events we get a, a commemorative Christmas ornament to remind us of that time, that memory, and so every year, setting up the tree is is a uh, a special time of retelling, of reliving some of those memories. This morning, I brought a couple of my favorite ornaments uh, to share uh, with you, just a few of them. I love this little bell uh, because, not that it itself is so great, but the memory it represents for me. You see, my great-grandmother crocheted this for me, made one for all the great-grandkids. She's been dead about 30 years now. But every time I put that up, I think of her. She was four foot something or other, and well, actually, that'd be about here. I was convinced as a kid she started out at 6'5 and just kept going down. And some of you older folks tell me you're shrinking, so that could well be the case. I know, Ginny, you used to be a good 5'11, right? What were you at your tallest? Oh, dear. I think I hit that mark in fifth grade. And what are you now? Four, three? If you're standing up straight on a hot day with your heels on. Not good to lie in church, sister. So that brings back fun memories uh, for me. What else do I got here? Now, sometimes when you travel in the off-season, you got to get creative with Christmas ornaments we got a whole lot of keychains, magnets, foreign coins, I got things that you would say that is not a Christmas ornament and this is probably one of those. I don't hang these from my rearview mirror, I hang these from my tree. Our fuzzy dice. And actually they say Las Vegas on here, which is where we got them. And not that I am a fan of Las Vegas, but this is a reminder to me of an incredible trip in 2004 that we took. We were living in Alaska at the time, flew to Seattle for some meetings. Then we took a road trip from Seattle to Las Vegas, where we flew out of, uh, back from, but it was along the way. We got to see the Redwoods and Yosemite and Death Valley and some of these iconic places. Ben, my youngest son, was uh, seven months old on this trip. Zach was about four. I remember we had packed his baseball bat and, and balls and, and we would stop at the sand dunes in Oregon or pit stops along the way for a baseball break. And uh, seeing some of those iconic sights, that's a special, a special memory for me as well. Oh, this one r- reminds me of, a, of another special trip. If you could see it, it's a little cruise ship. This one was from 2009. 2009. Uh, See, we were living in Alaska, and and Ben, my youngest, said he wanted to go to the beach. Well, in Alaska, you don't exactly go to the beach for sun and fun, so we did the next best thing and went to the Caribbean. So, just he and I, we went on a on a beach trip. And this, uh, in fact, we started making it an annual tradition. This was a couple years in, but 2009, he was uh, five. And we went on a cruise uh, that visited, uh, among other places, Costa Maya, Mexico. And why that's a special memory for me, I remember he and I were having breakfast that morning before we went ashore in Costa Maya, and uh, in the buffet or wherever, and, and he had gotten a grapefruit, you know, grapefruit half, and was uh, eating that, and unbeknownst to me, he took one of the seeds that was in the grapefruit half and shoved it in his pocket well, he's always been a messy eater, so I, it was really nothing surprising of that. But a few hours later when we are on shore in Costa Maya, and little did we know it's probably illegal to smuggle in botanical items, but after four years in a Mexican prison, he has fluent Spanish. He's perfect. No, actually, so we get ashore, and we're playing on the beach, and he gets out that little grapefruit seed and plants it in the beach and don't break it to him, but he's still convinced that we need to go back to Costa Maya to see how his grapefruit tree is doing. <laughs> so I figure eight years later it should be producing by now, and we are due some, some uh, grapefruit from Mexico. So that was a special memory. While all of the ornaments hold memories for me, this one was a fun one as well. Our little cowbell. This one was actually from 20 years ago from a trip Uh, that I took to Waterbury, Vermont. Now, if you're not familiar with Waterbury, Vermont, it is the home of Ben & Jerry's ice cream. And so we toured that factory, because I love to tour factories and see how things work. And at that time, uh, the uh, tour guide was this young college lady. She said that her parents loved that she worked at Ben & Jerry's because the employee perk was that every day you worked, you got to take home two pints of ice cream. Yeah, so I'm relocating. <laughs> Actually, I would want to be a dairy cow in that part of Vermont because the the spoiled or the um, unusable Ben & Jerry's ice cream, they ship it off to a dairy farm, and the cows get to eat it. They said the only flavor they don't like is the mint chocolate chip. While in that same area, we also visited an apple um, cider press uh, Yeah, area, And their dried-out, crusty, nasty apples get shipped to the same dairy cows, so I'd rather be the one that gets the ice cream. But memories, special times, moments, even painful times and moments from throughout life. And we store those up, whether they're represented for us in an ornament, a collection, a photograph, or they're locked away in the memories of our hearts and our minds. They tell our story. By looking at your collection, your photo album, I get a glimpse of your story, who you are, how you got the way you are. No snide comments, Bill. Of, of what has made you, what's important to you, memories. Well, today we want to look in Scripture at something that for many of us is a memory, but also at how it was a memory maker for those involved. So I invite you to turn with me in the New Testament to Luke chapter 2. It'll be on the screen, but you can also use the Bible in the seat uh, row in front of you if you don't have one with you. But in Luke chapter 2, we're going to be reading a big chunk uh, of the chapter. And this is probably, for many of us, a familiar story. It is part of this Christmas season. In fact, it is the text that in the, um, the Peanuts Christmas special that Linus recites when he's on stage. So I, in a way, I feel a bit like Linus today, minus my blanket. So Luke chapter 2, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, this was the first census that took place while Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, "'Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger.' Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Verse 15, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Hey, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. A familiar story in this Christmas season. But it was a memory maker. I love that line, particularly uh, for... Mary, that she treasured all of this up in her heart and pondered over it. There were no cameras. She didn't have a photo album. Unlike now, there wasn't a gift shop in Jerusalem that she could get an ornament or a trinket at. So she treasured up these memories. Can you even, even try to imagine putting ourselves in her place? She likely was a young teenage girl. She'd had this... Angelic vision that she was going to be with child when she wasn't even married yet. It was going to be God's child. Now she's taken from her home up north down to Bethlehem to be counted, and lo and behold, the baby's got to be born. There's no hospital, there's no Motel 6, there's nothing. She's in a cave with some animals. And then these guys show up and say some angels told us to come see you. I don't know. This whole has been a wild ride for her. And it just simply says she treasured this all up in her heart and pondered it. She's taking it all in. I would imagine that this has been a confusing ride for her. These last nine months have been a little crazy. Not exactly your typical story. But she's taking it in, and she's trying to sift it out and understand it, and, and each step is a reinforcement of the one before of, oh, yeah, God is at work here. God is bringing these people. And this was a memory-making moment for Mary. I can imagine years later in her life, perhaps even when she's seeing this child 33 years later crucified on a cross, and those memories come flooding back of that night in a cave and the smell of the animals and the smell of the shepherds and those memories. And she's pondering that. empowered by that because she knows how God has been at work, but it's a powerful memory. Well, I I think from that scripture in part today for us, we want to see how that memory of encountering Jesus plays out in our lives. If you're here today, my hunch is you have had an encounter with Jesus. You know him or have in the process of coming to know him. And so like Mary did by treasuring that in her heart and pondering it, think with me today of how did you first come to be introduced to Jesus? I don't think any of us were there with that motley band of shepherds. So some years later, at some point in our life, or maybe through a long process in our lives, we encountered Jesus. In my own life, I remember back, in fact, some of my earliest memories of childhood. I remember being in daycare here at this church, and Cora Grimmer, some of you remember her, and how she would share Bible stories about Jesus using a puppet that she had in this little purse she always carried and, and good old flannel grams. God used her to help introduce me to Jesus. Maybe in your life, even as I'm talking about this, memories are flooding back. Who or how in your life did you first encounter Jesus? Maybe for some of you, you see the image of a, of a family member, a pastor, a camp counselor, a friend, a neighbor, some divine miraculous occurrence. None of us are born Christ followers. We may grow up in families where that is tradition, but at some point, you came to know Christ, were introduced to him personally, and I hope made a transforming decision to follow him. Memories. Are you envisioning that in your own life even now? Now, some people have especially dramatic stories. And our tendency can be to make them out as spiritual rock stars. I mean, you think of these shepherds out doing their job and suddenly, bam, this angelic choir shows up. Or or later in scripture, you think of the apostle Paul and how he's on the road off to Damascus to persecute the early church, and bam, Jesus shows up, makes him blind, and all of this. And I'm thinking, oh, for me, it was a 98 year old lady with a puppet. It is no less dramatic. I don't know if she was 98 at the time, she just always seemed 98. Man, she was an old lady. Or we hear stories of people who are delivered from some sort of tragic circumstances or horrific situations in life. We're not here to judge memories or say your story is so much grander than mine. Whether amazingly dramatic or run-of-the-mill simple, the point is, we were introduced to Jesus Christ, this baby who showed up in the manger who would go on to transform history. I mean, literally, time is marked by his birth. How were you introduced to Jesus? What is your memory? What is your story? And then beyond just how you met him, how did that encounter change your life? How are you different because you met Jesus than had you not? Maybe you came to faith later in life. How are you different now than you were before? What has Jesus done to transform you? This, what I'm talking about, is your story. And Jim, I so appreciate your sharing your story with us briefly today. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Jim shared my whole message far better It's just that I got 20 minutes to fill. His story of how he encountered Jesus Christ and how he is different because of it. If I am not different because of encountering Jesus, why am I here? I got a lot better ways I could spend a Sunday morning. But I am here because that meeting with Jesus transformed me. Now, I could come up with some grand story. As a three-year-old, I was a crack addict and a bank thief, and Jesus set me free, but I don't have to because I think it's an amazing story that, and a privilege that I've had of never knowing a time in my life of not walking with Jesus, of trusting him and knowing him and his love for me. And I'm so grateful for that. That's my story. What's your story? How did you meet Jesus? How are you transformed because of that meeting with Jesus? And so as we remember that, as we remember our experiences and our stories, I think that going back to Scripture, the shepherds actually give us some guidance on, well, so what? What do we do now? Back in the passage that we just read, in verse 20, it said that after all of this, that the shepherds, returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen which, which were just as they had been told. Because of their encounter with Jesus, they were praising God for What are you putting up there? I thought you were showing the game or something. They were transformed, and so the response was to praise God. Sometimes, in life, we can get um, in a rut, or we can forget the amazing things of the past and just dwell on the, the disappointments or the commonality of the current. Let's remember our story so that we can praise God. Praise God. I've had an opportunity in these last couple days. Praise God for Cora Grimmer. Praise God for you fill in the blank with those faces or persons in your life that helped to introduce you to Jesus. Praise God that I've been able to walk with him and know him and life hasn't been easy and, and hasn't always gone peachy but I know the one who has been with me through all of it. Praise God for transforming me, for delivering me from addictions and abuses. Praise God. That's what memories are supposed to do. They remind us so we can go back to that place, go back to that time, remember that experience, and be grateful for it. Even looking at those ornaments, oh yeah, I remember that day in Vermont. And in fact, later that day, we went to visit the state capitol, and it was state dairy days. I don't know, this is something they did in Vermont where they trucked, Vermont's a very small state, you know. They trucked every fifth grader from the entire state to the state capitol, and they had lunch ladies on the lawn giving out free milk and cookies. So we got in line like we were parental chaperones. It was fabulous. Oh, man, I hadn't thought of that in years. But see, just in in thinking on that memory, it all came back to me just now. I could use a cookie, brother. Man, you're good for nothing. Memories do that, and so let us praise God. Thank you. Thank you that you put that person in my life, that you orchestrated those circumstances. Thank you. Thank you even for the pain, maybe, that compelled me, that drove me to that breaking point. God will waste nothing in life. He can use that pain. He can use that heartache. He can use the despicable circumstances that we worm ourselves into to bring us to a point of transformation, of encountering him. And so we thank God for that. The shepherds praise God. Let us praise him for those memories. But the shepherds did something else as well. It's actually a couple of verses earlier. It said that after they had encountered Jesus, when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds are literally the first evangelists of the message of Christ. And that happens, doesn't it, when we have an an encounter with Jesus, when we encounter something that is transformative. Wow, blows my mind. I got to tell somebody about this. Whether it's something you saw on TV, something you did last night, our response is, I want to tell somebody about this. This is too good to keep to myself. Well, those stories with Cora Grimmer were many decades ago. And I can kind of forget about and move on from that and not live in the moment of that excitement. But when we remember, when we spend time refreshing our thoughts with that experience, may it cultivate in us afresh that enthusiasm, that, 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 that excitement, that, that I got to share this with somebody. Do you know what God did? Do you know how I have been transformed? Do you know how my life is different now than it would have been had I not encountered Jesus? That's what we're called to share. That's the, the role that the shepherds did. They didn't keep the memory to themselves. They didn't say, Well, that was lovely. Let's go back to our cave and see those sheep. They said, Man, this has changed my life, and I think this is going to change history, and we got to tell somebody. And who can I tell? How can I share my story? That's really what it is, sharing. Your story, your experience. Jim, you did a great example of that for us today, simply sharing your story. See, the thing about sharing your experience, sharing your story, nobody can argue with it. They can argue with you on the points of theology. They can argue with you on the historicity of the Bible. People love to hide behind arguments because as long as I can cast doubt, I don't have to make a decision. They cannot argue with your experience. They may think you're a nutcake, But hey, I've been dealing that with that for years. I cannot argue with Jim's experience. It has been his life. It has been his story, not mine. I can see the evidence. He's a transformed person. He's part of a faith community with his family. Doesn't sound like that would have been the case a few years ago. That's Jim's story. Your experience is your story, and I can't argue with it. But what can happen is by sharing my story with you or with others, God can use that. God can speak through my story. Uh, Jim, I'm sorry to keep picking on you, but this was just too uh, God-connected for you to share that way this morning, that you share your story with other people. And for people who are living a life of addiction and probably feel hopeless and helpless and like nothing can change this, wait a minute, here's a guy telling me a story of somebody he met and now he's transformed and he's healthy and whole and growing. I wonder if that could happen for me. You see, God wants us to share our stories in ways that they can speak into other people's lives. How did we start out? By remembering how we encountered Jesus. And for most of us, there is probably a name or a face or several names and faces associated with how we met Jesus. What if 30 years from now, someone's preaching a message like this, and somebody thinks, How did I meet Jesus? And it's your face, it's your name that comes to mind. Whether because as a grandparent, as, a, as an Awana's leader, as a, as a neighbor, as a pastor, as a camp counselor, as a caring teacher, as a friend. God used you, sharing your story, to help somebody encounter Christ. Maybe for the first time or maybe for a time where it finally connected. And because of that, their life is transformed. Memories. They are stories that we share from generation to generation, person to person. Just as God used the shepherds, they had an amazing encounter with Jesus. He then used them to share that story. I think God wants us to share our story. And I know it's, it's your story. Nobody knows it better than you. But I am going to challenge us today that sometimes, well, there is value in honing your story. What I mean by that is think through your process, how you encountered Jesus and how life is different, and be able to say that in a brief way. Jim, again, you did a great example of that. Of course, the moderator said, well, be brief. But you said it in such a way, you know your story, and he knows how to share it in a compelling and brief way. This is how I met Jesus, and this is how I'm different. Because we don't know what circumstances will be. We don't know what opportunities we will have to share our story with others. But when we do, we want to be able to be succinct and specific of how I met Jesus and how I am changed. Because it is in those two hooks that people are going to be able to see themselves. Oh, this is not some spiritual hocus-pocus freako thing. This is specific. Oh, yeah, I see in my own life. I don't have to encounter a burning bush or some angel or the face of Mary in a cinnamon roll. It happens relationally. Oh, I see that. It gets better, brother. And they will see my life can be changed too. As we share our story with those two simple hooks, God will use them to introduce himself to other people, and we just get to be a part of that process, and we thank him for that. This story, this thing we've been talking about, sometimes we use the fancy term of your testimony. But really, it's just your story. Know it. Be ready to share it. Be able to share it in ways that show this can happen in your life and God can transform you. This holiday season, we have a special openness in our culture, in our community, among our neighbors and coworkers. Because people are sentimental, they're remembering, and they see the, the symbols, the imagery, the reminders of this Jesus story. Let's utilize that to share our stories. I think of those shepherds. Ten, 20 years later after this encounter, maybe they were setting up their nativity scenes. And they pull out the piece and go, hey, that guy looks a lot like me. And those little sheep, those little shepherds, those little pieces that they pull out and set on the mantle were reminders. Oh, yeah, you remember that night? And it brings back a flood of the story and how they are transformed. Tap into those memory touch points, whatever they are for you, photo album, ornaments, your spoon collection, or what... God has treasured up in your heart because God will not waste those memories he will use them generation to generation hey join with me in prayer God thank you for memories thank you for how you have been at work in and throughout our lives and yes there have been times of pain moments of disappointment but there too even we see you with us, and we're grateful. God, thank you for those people, those circumstances in our lives that many of us were even thinking of this morning. For me, Cora Grimmer, and a whole host of others, but people who helped introduce us to Jesus. Thank you that they were faithful, that they shared their story, that they invited me to enter in to the Jesus story. And thank you for your transforming work. God, for many of us, years, even decades later, our faith can become commonplace. Remind us afresh of the transformative encounter with Jesus. And may that encounter not just be living in the past, but may it fuel us and encourage us for the present and may it compel us into a future where I must share that story. God, bring up circumstances in our lives this week where if we will boldly take the opportunity, we can share that story with others and that there, that will hook for them of how this Jesus can be transformative for them too. And we give you praise for that work that you're gonna do and we thank you that we get to be a part of it. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.